1: Hello and welcome to the DSR Daily. For those of you in the U.S., we're getting closer and closer to Thanksgiving. Some of you are going to have to travel today and tomorrow. Be safe while you're out there. The weather on the East Coast of the U.S. is going to be a big mess. We're here today to talk about news from around the world, give you a little bit of analysis topping on that news. I'm David Rothkoff, one of your co-hosts, joined as ever by Chris Cottmore. How are you doing this morning, Chris? Doing fine. Thank you. Uh, we record this in the morning. You might be listening to it at another time of day. How you doing, Riley? Doing pretty well. Well, it took you a moment to figure that out. I, I hope there's no big problems brewing beneath <laughs> the surface there, Riley. Uh, Chris, what's your first story?
0: Positive developments um, in the Israel Hamas conflict. Um, it seems, at least it's being reported, that they're close to a humanitarian ceasefire, which would allow for hostages on both sides to be exchanged, um, specifically women and children. The ceasefire would last between three to five days. The negotiations have been le- led by Qatar. Um and while things are not finalized, it does seem like a positive development. Um, you know, we'll see how, the, how things develop uh, as the day goes on today.
1: Indeed we will. I, I, I do, as you, you uh, described the story, and of course these things can take many a twist, um, the hostages, uh, women and children being released from Gaza will go from Gaza to much safer Israel. The prisoners in Israel being released will go to Gaza. That is not necessarily safer, at least, you know, theoretically, that's where they will go. Um, uh, something to watch as this story develops. Riley?
2: So the Wisconsin Supreme Court is going to hear arguments today in a case that challenges the current legislative map in the state. Uh, which critics have said goes against the the state constitution to favor Republicans. So the Democrats want to strike down the current maps and redraw them and order new elections for all 132 state legislators in 2024. The uh, attorneys argue that 54 of the 99 assembly districts and 21 out of 33 Senate districts are not contiguous, which violates a state constitutional requirement. Um, So significant because the Democratic governor that um, has a Democratic governor, whereas the, the legislature and the Senate are overwhelmingly Republican, with the legislature only two seats short of giving the Republicans a supermajority, uh, while the Republicans already have a supermajority in the Senate. Um, so this is just one of a few states where this is an issue. Gerrymandering has obviously kind of been a, a hot-button political issue for a while, and we're seeing quite a few states challenge it. So I'm curious to see what the results of this are.
1: Yeah, uh not the uh, only big story in the law in the Midwest yesterday. Uh the 8th Circuit struck down uh the, or the the idea that average individual citizens could bring suits under the Voting Rights Act, which really guts the Voting Rights Act is actually the opposite of a decision reached uh, a few weeks ago by the uh, uh perceivedly more radical 5th Circuit. Uh, This will obviously continue on up to the Supreme Court, but if it is upheld, it is a devastating blow to the Voting Rights Act. Uh, We also had, in a bit of really weird news from Texas, the decision by the uh, corrupt, nearly impeached Texas Attorney General to take up Elon Musk's case against Media Matters uh, and to... uh, Uh, begin a fraud investigation into media matters, even as Elon Musk is suing them uh, for saying awful things about him, which, uh, as I I think we'll discover in the course of the case, turned out to be the truth. Uh, So uh, we've got all that going on, plus uh, uh, waiting to see an outcome on the Trump gag order at the top of the legal news this week. Chris?
0: Oh, yesterday we reported that Sam Altman, the former CEO and founder, co-founder of uh, OpenAI um, was fired on Friday by the OpenAI board, uh, but over the weekend was hired by Microsoft um, along with the co-founder, Greg Brockman. Since that story, um, it was reported later yesterday that 500 of the 700 or so employees of open AI have called for the resignation of the board or they threatened to leave. Um, most analysts think at this point that, you know, Microsoft is is the big winner of all of this, though I'm a little puzzled by Microsoft's investment in open AI is at 49%. Um, I don't I don't know the structure of the agreement or the partnership, but it seems logical to me that they would simply acquire because it it looks like um, the co-founders are not going to be the only hires uh, from OpenAI, and it kind of leaves the company in a bit of um, turmoil. Uh, But again, Microsoft owns 49% of it, so it's in their best interest to make sure that this works out.
1: Well, maybe another analysis is that the uh, uh, that Sam Altman, the other guy, go over to uh, Microsoft. Four or five hundred of the other employees go to Microsoft. They don't pay anything for OpenAI, and they get the re- remaining fifty-one percent for zero dollars because they just took it. So uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. It literally is one of those stories where every two hours there's a new development. Um, uh, uh, As I tweeted out yesterday, and it's probably the lowest form of vanity to quote your own tweets, and I know I've done it before, but, um, you know, they're my thoughts at a moment, right? And what I tweeted out was, you know, Elon Musk saying, I can destroy tech company value faster than anybody. And then I said, open AI board, hold my beers. Uh, or hold our beers, because, you know, if this goes the way it's going, those folks made a really monstrously bad uh, decision. And by the way, they did it ostensibly to slow down the development of AI. It may have precisely the opposite effect, Riley. Uh, So
2: Ukraine, uh, marking the 10th anniversary of the Day of Dignity and Freedom, which kicked off the Euromaidan, which ended up removing President Yanukovych from power. Uh Zelensky gave a video address today and called it the country's first counteroffensive against Russia, which I think is an interesting way to kind of frame the conflict. And I, I wonder if he's just trying to remind people that this this issue has not did not start with this current invasion. It has been going on much longer. But he was joined by European Council President Charles Michel, Moldovan President Maya Sandu, and the German defense minister They all traveled to Ukraine to kind of celebrate the occasion. So again, just a a day to remember that Russia and Ukraine's conflict is not a a recent phenomenon. And we got to keep our eye on the ball on this one, because there's no indication that it's going to slow down anytime soon.
1: No, indeed. I saw a comment today saying that Russia was weaponizing time. Uh, in other words, they feel they can wait this out, and if Western support for Ukraine ebbs, they use that to their advantage. I think uh, Zelensky's use of the concept of uh, counteroffensive is a little interesting, uh, because first came Euromaidan, then came the Russian invasion. Um, uh, so it was, uh, um, uh, you know, it, it was uh, the the step that... Um, that led to what is now a war that's in its 10th year. Um, be interesting to see how it goes. The presence of the EU uh, at this ceremony is significant. If, Regardless of how this war ends, if Ukraine exists as a country and that country ends up being in the EU and NATO, it's a big defeat for Russia.
0: Chris? Well, I am certain that there are more uh, serious stories to cover. um, It's nice that the White House continues the tradition of pardoning turkeys each Thanksgiving. This yesterday happened uh, as Joe Biden turns 81 years old and had some jokes about his age. Um, But the pardoned turkeys were named Liberty and Bell. And Biden pleaded up by saying they had a tough road to the White House, traveling thousand miles uh, to get there. Um, so you know again i'm I'm happy that uh, th- that these traditions continue. The media has a lot of fun with it. The president has fun with it. Um, and it's nice to have a little bit of uh you know lighter News in in the mix
1: of all the serious things that are going on around the world. No, no doubt. Um, the turkeys uh, probably were envious of Biden turning at 81. Average wild turkey lives only three to five years, uh, and they don't live that long if they're working for Butterball or one of the other major turkey producers. Uh, little known fact about turkeys: they are natural to this hemisphere. Were actually worshipped. Um, uh, by uh, well, ancient uh, indigenous civilizations in places like Mexico. Uh, ben Franklin wanted the turkey to be the national bird of the United States. Uh, but interestingly, the turkey is called the turkey uh, in English because uh, turkeys came to England uh and they came actually via Spain. But Spain and England were at war for so much of the time that the person who was introducing the Turkey did not want it to be tainted by the fact that it had come from the United States to Spain or from you know the Americas to Spain. Uh, and so he said it actually came from Turkey, um, uh, which it did not. Uh, it was just a deception. Uh, but it was a deception that has haunted Turkey ever since which is why a couple of years ago, the Turkish government began a major campaign uh, in international institutions and elsewhere to have their company, their country referred to as Turquia instead of Turkey, because they did not like being confused by this big, ugly bird. Um, so that's my Turkey update for you today, Riley. Well, unfortunately, rounding out mine with a not-so-light
2: news story. Um, Somalia was slammed with torrential downpours and has been for several days, and they're actually expecting even more heavy rain to start today. So far, 50 people have been killed with nearly 700,000 displaced. Um, The IRC said on Monday that 1.7 million people are in urgent need, and that if these rains continue like they're projected to, that 4.3 million people could face crisis-level hunger or worse by the end of the year. And this also ties into one of the themes we've hit on on this show, as well as our road to cop 28 series, which is climate change. And the horn of Africa region is one of the areas most susceptible to climate change anywhere. Um, and they actually just came out of the worst drought in four decades. So again, these, these issues are only going to get worse as climate change continues to, to become a problem and get, get worse. So curious to see if this, changes anything unfortunately on the international stage i don't know if this will actually precipitate faster action but
1: well I don't know if this will but of course next week um cop 28 begins uh the international summit that will be attended by thousands and thousands of people in um dubai uh and um uh, we've been following that very closely and we continue to produce programming on the road to COP28 and on the climate issue. And we'll do so for a uh, long time to come. We're, we're doing it through COP28 and then we will follow up and we will look and see where progress is being made and where it is not being made. Um, uh, uh, almost inevitably, uh, because that's been the history of COP since its very beginning, the progress will be insufficient. Uh, but also, almost inevitably, because COP happens on a regular basis, it does serve as a kind of action forcing event, and steps are taken, and that is a positive mm-hmm. thing. Uh, we will cover COP twenty-eight each and every day here on the um, uh, the daily, as well as the special Road to COP twenty-eight podcast, which I commend to you. Until then, uh, we'll keep watching the world as we do each and every day, and tomorrow we'll give you. Uh, the latest updates on that world. Um, uh, but until then, um, be safe if you're traveling and be safe even if you're not traveling. and bye bye.